I am so glad that you are joining Cindy LeFevre Yorks for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. We pray these encouraging words will enrich and bless your day. The Lost Episode, The Armor of God, Part 5, The Shield of Faith. The shield of faith is another integral component in the armor of God that is so effective in battling our adversaries. Generally speaking, a shield is defined as a broad piece of metal held by straps or a handle attached on one side and used as a protection against blows or missiles. The shield of faith is a handheld protective device that can be moved about to deflect incoming artillery launched by our enemy Satan. His targets are numerous. He aims at our minds to pervert righteous thinking. He targets the heart with negative emotions and hurts designed to destroy our peace and kill our joy. He may wound our bodies with sickness or pain to render us incapable of serving our Lord even when our spirit is moved and highly motivated. How can we best implement our shield to deflect the onslaught and relentless barrage of munitions? We can start by praising the God of the heavens who acts as our shield. In Psalm 3.3, David writes that his Lord is a shield around him and that he is glory and the lifter of his head. When we acknowledge God as sovereign, trust in his plans, and then ask for his protection, he acts as a shield between us and any potential calamity. And, as David adds, we participate in his glory and as a result, he lifts our head. What a beautiful reminder David gives us here that his Lord God is the lifter of his head. We are not only protected, we are uplifted. Another important step in implementing our shields involves keeping them at the ready. We know the shield of faith is available to us, but if we don't have it well in hand, when the arrows are dispensed, we might just perish. Just as five of the ten virgins in Matthew 25 stood at the ready with oil lamps filled to the brim and ready to meet what lay before them, so must we be prepared to wield our shields. We don't want to be like the other five virgins who were ill-prepared and excluded from their once beautiful futures. A shield, like an unfilled lamp, is of no use if it's not mindfully used for its purpose. The final step in putting the shield of faith through its paces involves understanding the importance of a 24-7 positioning. We never know when the enemy is going to strike, so we need to be ready. Just as Fort Knox needs a night watchman, so do we need the shield of faith around us at all times. Faith defined means a confidence or trust in a person or thing. For the Christian, confidence is placed in the person of the triune God, as well as our belief in Him. We lean into our faith and trust in the shield of Jesus Christ, knowing that this faith is trustworthy. I've been pondering a concept about the shield of faith lately. It involves the notion of picturing a kind of celestial force field around me. Some people refer to this concept as a visual realization, but for me, it's just a way of conceptualizing an image in exactly what kind of protection we enjoy. In a famous old hymn entitled, Thou, O Lord, are a shield about me, we see the language bring the concept of that kind of force field full circle. Literally, the unknown author uses the phrase about me, enabling us to imagine a body entirely encompassed 
by a full-body shield. To the best of my knowledge, no armor exists like that on the face of the earth. Only God can provide and fully protect His children 100%. And even with regard to this protection, we are still asked to petition for it. Join me in being mindful of the need for the shield of faith, thanking the author and perfecter of our faith, and making sure we keep it at the ready at all times. I'd like to read an excerpt now from my third book, The Vault Door, and this entry is entitled, Contemplating the Awe of God, Walking on Life's Seas. Few earthly things are as unfathomable as what lies beneath the sea. As non-amphibians, we can only go so deep beneath the surface of the water and for so long. With oceans covering 71% of the earth, it's safe to say that most of the world remains a deep mystery to us. So the idea of gliding across the surface of the water or walking on the ocean floor with two parted water curtains on either side of us as we saunter through sounds implausible at the very least and terrifying at the worst. Yet when we look at the procession of the ancient Israelites and the short walk of Peter on the ocean, we see evidence of what our amazing God is capable of bringing to pass. When God makes a way to rescue His chosen people from captivity, He instructs Moses to lead the people, most literally, through the Red Sea as He parts it. We read in Exodus 14 how the Lord instructed Moses to stretch out His hand over the sea as God drove it back with a powerful east wind and turned the sea into dry land. And that's from verse 21. Once the waters were divided for a path, with walls on the left and right of the ocean bed, the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground. The amazing sight of this miraculous event cannot be underestimated, no matter how many times we viewed it recreated in the form of the Cecil B. DeMille film, The Ten Commandments. It's a metaphor for how God wants to lead us through seemingly impossible circumstances. He wants us to trust Him as He leads us on a journey that seems impossible to complete, yet He wants us to trust Him through it. We have to have faith. What could be a more daunting earthly sight in nature than an anti-gravitational mass of water? Another water walk recorded in Matthew 14 illustrates the same point. The disciples had gone into a boat on the lake as Jesus had instructed while he went up to a mountainside to pray. Later that night, as a storm kicked about the waves, Jesus walked on the lake towards the boat. When Peter saw his Lord, he said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. When Jesus told him to come, Peter walked out onto the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he cried out in fear for Jesus to save him, which he did. We read in verse 33 that the awestruck disciples worshipped him afterwards. Having read these stories over and over, it's conceivable our awe may get lost in their familiarity. Do we really stop to ponder God's awe as we should? It turns out awe is more than just good for our own souls. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. Cindy also posts encouragement daily on Instagram. Her blogs can be found on her website, cindyyorks.com. 
Her entire Door Devotion trilogy is now available on Amazon.